Welcome to CultureCast, everyone. I'm here with Hanaro. Before we get into his introduction, I would love to introduce you to his work played to my CultureCast welcome tune. So let's take a look, everyone. Right on. Happy Culture Cast and welcome, Hanaro, founder of Street Art Chilango, art director at Satch Crew. You are an OG artist turned engineer, turned master's of science degree in finance, and then back to being an artist. What the heck, man? Like, you're a little bit of everything, which is amazing. And so, welcome. Great to see you. Hi, Marisa. Nice to see you. Thank you for uh, inviting me to your culture cast. I'm yeah. uh, very proud to be here. So yeah, that's kind of a little bit of uh, my life in a, in a sentence. Yeah. I love art. I've always loved art since I was a kid. My grandma, she used to be an artist. She taught me how to paint in aquarelle, oil, pastels, carbon. All of those things I used to do when I was a kid, since I was like six, seven, I used to spend all my uh, afternoon painting, going to painting classes and doing that kind of stuff. Uh, even I got to win a prize for a Lufthansa uh, painting contest when I was seven. That really kind of uh, showed me that this was kind of my, my way. And actually when I was also like nine or 10, one day I decided to just grab my mom's phone book and start calling every contact without her knowing <laughs> and created a gallery in my living room, in my mom's living room, in our house living room with all my paintings and decided to sell them off. And my mom just came back from work and she said like, why is everybody here? Why are all your paintings on the walls? And I said, this is a gallery now, mom. <laughs> that is amazing. Oh my goodness. So it, I didn't realize really your grandmother was the one who influenced you and gave you all the resources to discover your being an artist. And then I love this at nine years old, calling your mom's people. I mean, what did you do? You're like, hi, Ola, this is an auto. Come see yes. my art gallery. Totally. <laughs> and people say like, why, why, are, what are those numbers on, on top of uh, the paintings? And I say, there are the prices. And they say like, oh, that's so cheap. That's like five pesos. And I say like, no, that's in dollars. <laughs> nice. I Here's what I love too. When I was nine, I, I grew up with two brothers. My parents worked all the time. So we would be at home after we did our homework and we would make up stuff, right? So we would pretend, hey, let's run a restaurant, like stuff like that and put a step stool in the kitchen and use that as a window and pretend that we were running a restaurant and, you know, have all of our stuffed animals come by but you're doing it for real. Like literally people coming in and paying you. I love that. Um, but then I, you have been an artist from the very beginning and, you know, to introduce you as an engineer and then someone with a master's in finance, what's up with that? So how did you end up on that pathway? Well, that's yeah, crazy, crazy path. And it all had to do with my dad. So, okay. So, so my mom, my dad divorced. Uh, they were uh, like, um, they both studied at Stanford University. We were living in Palo Alto. Mm -hmm. 
And then we, we went back to Mexico and uh, my dad was not present all the time. And then when he kind of went back in my life when I was like 15, he, he told me that, no, you don't have to be an artist. You should be an engineer. You should be a financial engineer. And so he started telling me, teaching me everything about world economy, uh, finance, uh, how like the countries work, all the basics, Adam Smith, you know, <laughs> all that kind of stuff. For I spent all my teenage years instead of just getting high with with other guys, just <laughs> taking classes with my dad about global finance, you know. Wow. So, so, and I also had like a lot of uh, interest in computers. So that's why I decided to actually go ahead and study electrical engineering. I did that. I, I majored in software programming. And my dad always wanted uh, for me to create like algorithms to speculate on, on Wall Street. So that was, that, that became my major in software programming. I created what's now called machine learning, but it's based on genetic algorithms. And I was doing all that like 20 years ago. Now it's a total boom. I was already, I already been there. So yeah, I was doing that. I showed all my discoveries to my dad. He was like super proud of me. And um, that actually landed me a job at uh, PMI International, which is like the biggest trading room in Mexico City. And yeah. all of Mexico, we are used to buy it, sell the oil, buy the, the fuel, buy it at Rotterdam and Amsterdam, all of uh, the Netherlands, hedge them through future contracts in, in New York and bring the ships down to Mexico and then unhedge the, the, the ships and uh, make a good profit for, for the state-owned company. So I was doing that for also like a couple of years. Uh, I learned a lot of uh, how to actually run a business through yeah. like understanding all the back office at the risk management uh, department of that enterprise at the trading room. And uh, from there on, I decided to um, continue on this path and applied for many uh, masters in finance. Finally got accepted in uh, the business school in Barcelona, Pompeu Fabra, which is a quite rigorous academic uh, program. It's taught in English. It's uh, all of students from all over the world, like, third, like 70 per generation. And I went there to Barcelona to do that. I also had my sister already living there, already had uh, one of my best friends living there. I, I, I love Barcelona because I've been there many times. And I said, one day I'll, I'm going to move here. I chose Barcelona instead of going to Utrecht in Holland, which was also another another uh, master's that I got accepted into, which was uh, on stochastic mathematics, oh, <laughs> which has, has to do with probabilities, if you're not familiar with that word. And I'm glad I chose. I'm, I'm glad I chose Barcelona. So, so that was also a good choice. Yeah, Barcelona is a good vibe too. I love that city, and it, you know, I'm not familiar with the other place in oh. Holland, but yeah, it's a student city. It's a very, okay. very cool. It's like two hundred fifty thousand students live there. A lot there. of people. Wow. Yeah, so it would have been also fun. So, did uh, you change courses after, in terms of your career, when you got your master's of science and finance? So and yeah, what, exactly. So so I was um. I was, I finished my master's and then my friends in Barcelona told me, Hey, you want to go back to finance or you want to like embrace your true self of being an artist and doing art related stuff. Cause we're opening a, a company uh, that has to do with like doing business for another business, but in the marketing and arts and photography kind of things. And I said, like, let me think about it. I went on a trip for New Year's Eve to Belize. And while I was in Belize, I said, yeah, this is what I have to do. Yeah. Uh, and the guys at PMI wanted me back. And, and I said, like, I'm sorry, guys, I'm going to do something crazy. I told my parents about it. They were like super disappointed in me. They said, like, 
no, no, you already made it. This is not like, this is not something you can do. Uh, and they, they just got like really disappointed. But I went back to Barcelona and actually uh, started with this company. And that was 2007. And we started having like, like a great amount of success, like Vans, shoemakers, like they hired us to make them uh, brochures and below the line marketing schemes. And, and things started going like really well. And, and I was like really happy about that. So I remember that moment with like a super, with a smile on my face. And, and that's how it all started. Wow. But then it, it kind of became like super um, difficult after the 2008 financial meltdown came in. Sure. <laughs> so, yep, I remember that. Yeah, so that changed everybody's lives. And I, I said for myself, I'm so glad I was not in the finance industry when that happened mm -hmm. because, you know, everything about related to finance sucked and nobody wanted to do anything regarding that. And I was already very happy about already being in the creativity and art business. But then as it started tumbling down, our, all of our clients, they started calling and all the guys that owed us money were not paying. And sure. so, we, so we had to close down the company. So, so that was kind of, of um, a really sad moment in my life because we already had even, we had a loan from a bank and the bank made a TV commercial out of us for being a success. And then we end up crashing the company. So yeah, it was a very sad moment in my life. So after that, I decided to quit Barcelona and I moved to Berlin, the artist capital of the world. Nice. Where everybody is an artist or is going to be an artist or is there because of art. So, so I, I liked it a lot. I, I was amazed by the street art scene there. Everybody was just doing art, pasting it on the walls. And everybody was an artist. Everybody you, everywhere you went to have a drink, like the Club de Visionaire, everybody was telling you what they are going to surprise the world with with their art so that really inspired me a lot i um, met some guys that they were in the management team of our already renowned artist called team Roelofs. he's doing like collage and he had like an intervention a collaboration with mm -hmm. uh, versace so they they put the, their art his art in in a, like a catwalk in milan and he became like super famous he had a studio at this place called Kunsthaus Tacheles, which was like a abandoned building from 1915 that used, had a history of its own that was actually a jail in the Second World War II. And then it, it had a bomb falling on it and half of the building like got destroyed and never got repaired. And the studios were like without walls, you could see like through it very dangerous place as well. And um, yeah, that was the place to be in Berlin back then. And so I asked him if, if I could join his management team to learn from him. And actually I did. So, wow. so, so that was like a, a life changer because I started seeing everything from, from the point of view of how art can really be a business and a really good one and how it can be consolidated in a very professional manner to actually sell prints, merchandise, tour around, be in galleries, etc. And, and that was like super enriching experience. And then funny thing is that afterwards, I also had a second job in a tourist company. It's called Alternative Berlin. Oh. And, and they had uh, like free tours and they had a street art tour. And they Love wanted that. me to be at the end of the street art tour, like teaching how to use stencils with spray paints. So that was good. It was like nice, easy money. But the best part of that was um, that I met many other guys that had the same job as I did. And they were also all artists and they were also doing a lot of stuff. And we all, and, and that created this community of, of people that we were doing something meaningful. And one of them, uh, he had open just recently opened the website on facebook like the facebook page yeah uh, street art berlin 
and he was just posting the pictures that he they were like finding out in the city every now and then and that page started like gaining a lot of traction a lot of engagement a lot of likes and i was like really amazed by his project so i started hanging a lot a lot with him uh, while on work or after work and i told him like i love your project you know and then what happened is that one of my best friends he got married here in mexico city i flew back from berlin came here and then when i while i was here just visiting for the wedding i realized that nobody was like into street art or muralism that was like so so forgotten because mexico had like an epic muralist but last century like 100 years ago and since then nobody actually talked about them or, or what they were not like in, in the cool so so i said like well that's an opportunity so i came back um, so i went back to berlin and the day i went back to berlin the police closed down the kunsthaus tacheles so i was left without a job with oh, team royals no. yeah i couldn't believe my luck <laughs> wow Yes, and then they sold the whole place to, I think, BMW to make it a, a car museum. So that was a super sad. <laughs> just I couldn't believe my luck. I said, like, I'm just not getting out of this. And then... Maybe maybe it was luck, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah. It, it, it I think it was luck that that happened. Yeah. No, it gets even stranger. Let, let me oh, just, okay. just follow through. So um, what happened next is that I came to Mexico City for Christmas because I really wanted to avoid uh, being in Berlin in the winter because it gets like to minus 20 for a month, like nonstop. I'm a warm-blooded person. So while I was here, all of my family were like, hey, you have to start doing something with all your degrees. You cannot just be like, a graffiti artist painting in the streets my grandma that she taught me all about art she said mm-hmm. like you're gonna be a poor person because you're painting for free on the streets like everybody was like super disappointed and i said like well i'm gonna start like doing this interviews for a position at google so so i was doing i started that i went through six interviews like i couldn't believe it like how many interviews do you need to hire someone right now? <laughs> oh, at minimum at Google at six. So I was thing. at the sixth interview and that day I had my trip back to Berlin and the interview went for like three hours and it was like nonstop. And because of that, I lost my flight. Oh no. Yes. So I couldn't believe it's the only flight I've missed in my whole life. I missed it just because of the sixth interview. And then I say like, well, now I'm stranded in Mexico. I like have no money to get back to Berlin. If this interview doesn't go through, I'm done. And then that's where the moment I said, well, I'm going to start this. I'm going to copy my friend's uh, scheme from Street Art Berlin. And I will do it in Mexico. I called him and said, like, you mind if I do the same, but in Mexico, he said, like, go ahead. No problem. And, and I did that. I opened the Facebook page. I went around, took a couple of pictures of um, many street art that, that I just saw where I was living at. And, and went to sleep. And next day, that page had already like 30 likes and a lot of engagement. And I said, like, oh, my God, there's something here. Like, people are really into it, but there's like no market for it. No one is doing this. So that that day I went out and started like taking more pictures, going to places where I knew there was art, started uploading them right away. And the engagement kept on going and going and going. So I said, I'm going to make a a website which I'm going to program an API that's actually going to start looking for hashtags on Instagram and then use the metadata to put them on a map so we we can find out collectively oh, yeah yep all all the all the uh, street art from mexico city just by using the hashtag 
So I opened that. I put the created the hashtag Street Art Chilango. And I started telling everybody just to take pictures with their smartphones. Um, so using the hashtag Street Art Chilango and, and they, those pictures would start appearing on a map on the website. That is cool. Yes. And, and that's what started happening. I got a call from Google and said, like, oh, unfortunately, you are, you are not going to be chosen for the, for, for the job. And then I said, like, oh, my God. So I have nothing left just to pursue this project, which is starting to get engagement. And I'm just going to do it full time because I actually have like no other escape. I love it. I mean, this is a crazy journey. And again, I'm a big believer in things happen for a reason. But there's a couple of things to unpack from your journey to Street Archilongo, which I do want to get into because there's so much to unpack here about, first of all, your creativity and your passion. You know, there are a lot of people who listen to this, watch this show and say, well, where do I start with culture? And a lot of it starts with you as the individual and getting real clarity on your purpose and what you stand for and your values. And so I think what rings true in the story that you told us about your journey is that you followed your passion no matter what. And although same thing, I think um, I have similarities always listening to my parents. And, you know, there, I was a, uh, I love math and science. I was a biology major undergrad when I started, but then I came out as a business major and they're just like, well, if you're not going to be a doctor, then what are you going to be? Right. And even having chosen a profession, which was called human resources, they're like, well, what's that? That's not even business. So like, anyway, I think about that and you still going back to your passion and I think a theme that I've seen with two types of people, creatives. So there's creative individuals. I mean, definitely you are one. And also CEOs. There is this theme of um, engineering as a foundation, you know, and, um, and creativity at the same time. So it's that whole left and right side of the brain. You kind of have demonstrated that in your journey. And then again, things happen for a reason, right? Like, yeah, Google made you miss your flight. And again, who needs three hour interviews? I mean, that's a whole other conversation. But the fact that it brought you back to Mexico City, you know, you talked about how Mexico um, artists and murals from back in the day are like, oh, gee, before even street art and graffiti. I mean, it's like the OG street art, right? If you think about like back in the day, which I want you to get into, and then bringing that experience from artist communities and culture into Mexico. And what I'm super excited about, and I want you to talk about why it's called Street Art Chilango just to begin with, but then you're creating this culture of street art based in the culture of Mexico, which is it's cross-cultural, like it's everything. So that's what I get so fired up about, like having met you and, you know, reviewing your work. Like I am such a nerd about all of this. So I'd love for you to get into why is it Street Art Chilango? I mean, I'm sure people looked it up. Why is it that specifically? And, um, and I'd love too that you used your background and ability to code and create an API, which then allows people to not only tag the tagging and the the art that they've seen, but also that it shows up on a map. So anyway, let's get into Street Art Chilango and, and why is it called that to begin with? All right. So Chilango is a word that has a meaning that's been changing over the years. Okay. At the very beginning, that word meant for someone that was born outside of Mexico City and then they had to go to Mexico City to live there because they had to work there. Okay. And then what happened is that... At, it's all we're going to talk about timing and luck, okay? Because also, uh, what happened is that in I think it was the year 2013 14 or something like that, the, uh, the government decided to change the name of Mexico City. It's always been Mexico City in English, but in Spanish, it used to be Distrito Federal, so Federal okay. District. And they decided that they were done with that and that they changed it to Ciudad de Mexico. 
So, okay. So, so when that happened, we used to call every person that lived in, in Distrito Federal, we called them defeños. But defeños. now, yes, but now with Ciudad de Mexico, how do you call them? So Ciudad de Mexicanos, no, that's, that sounds weird. Yeah. So everybody started using the word Chilango just from, from midnight on the day that they changed Interesting. it. And I chose that word because I love it, because I love words with a CH. I find them all like super Mexican cultural. And and it sounded like um, different. And, and that's why, why I put street art and then Chilango instead of whatever, Defeño or Mexico City. Yes. And, and as I was saying, everything is about luck and timing, just like that happened. And the other thing that happened is that just in that last decade, we had the mass adoption of the smartphone. Yeah. Which was really what created this cross-cultural clash that you just mentioned. It is not that the walls were not there or actually the art was not there. The, the most profound finding that I did with the API was that it was already full of street art. The, the problem is that people didn't know about it. Yeah was not being documented. So as they started appearing on, on the on the APIs, I, I, I actually went and took the Metro to take the pictures of where these murals were and knew about, uh, started learning about the artists. And, and then actually what happened is that since uh, the adoption, the mass adoption of the smartphone, people started using the the camera it has and the social abilities, integration abilities it has, so that a wall became a global thing instead of a yeah. local thing, in the sense that you only had to take your phone out, take a picture, upload it to any social network, and then boom, all the world could know about that forgotten piece that was in the middle of nowhere, hidden in an urban area. And that's actually what what created this whole boom. It's how technology is changing the human species bit by bit and is changing the way we understand about certain concepts. Like when social networks were created, the first concept that was radically transformed was privacy. Then in the next decade, it was to change what is local to global and the ability just to just show anything to anybody around the world though no? it's going to be very interesting what this decade with the ai is going to change i think it's going to be intimacy because of all the things that you tell to the ai sure that, that you may not tell to anybody else and then you are already spilling the soup. <laughs> That's right. I think it's really interesting that you brought this up. You and I were talking about this the other day, the role of the smartphone and technology and how that really brought to light this whole street art world. And as I was listening to you, you know, I think that movement actually already created some level of intimacy. And what I mean by that is, You know, I know um, one of my favorite pastimes has been to take pictures of street art, whatever city I'm in, wherever I'm traveling and posting it because I love it. And I think the ability for others to do that, because some people might go, well, that's someone who's just tagging the wall, whatever, right? But I think it brings a level of humanity. That's why I think it's also intimacy because then it actually, it's a human being who's created that. It's an artist. And, you know, when I hear you talk about you're learning about this artist, um, you know, this culture that you tapped into in Berlin and then really made it true to the culture in Mexico, right? And created this community of street artists who now are all, all of a sudden connected. I think that's phenomenal. I mean, I think about the title of culture and doing that for artists in that community. I mean, you did that with your creative kind of essence, as well as just your knowledge of technology. But then the one thing that I know that I wanted to talk about is this is all on the street, but then I know street art for me has become super mainstream because now you've got like people like me, also companies where it's kind of like, well, how do we bring that into everyday life? And so I'd love to get your take too on 
um, and you've worked on so many cool projects and we saw a little bit in the video up front about how companies have now tapped into you to help them create culture, whether it's the culture of their company or their product or the culture for their people inside the company. So um, I'd love for you to talk about that. And I know I've got a few more things that we can show too. So. Sure, sure. So it all started with the um, with the website and the API and then okay. just uploading pictures to social networks. And it started going really big. And they would go like interviews to to newspapers, TV shows, whatever. So I decided that there was there to be actually like real culture, we needed to actually be and meet in real life, you know? So that's yeah. I decided to create a, a tour, a street art tour. So I, on June 1st of 2013, I created the first street art tour in Mexico. And you, you'll call it destiny as always. And that day I met my wife, Lourdes. <laughs> nice. She was an attendee to my first tour. But we didn't like get along that day, but I just met her, okay? I just want to just say that. And, and then I started creating a tour every Saturday so that people could actually go and see all these murals and street art on their, like in real life to actually see what they were seeing on the social networks. Yeah. Connection. What happened next is that without actually even thinking about it, I started receiving emails and uh, requests about uh, that they some people wanted their own street art in their houses or businesses or whatever, whatnot. And I said, like, well, yes, I already know all the artists. Uh, why not? So yeah, <laughs> I started like doing that. And and you know, the first request was actually a very symbolic and beautiful request. It was by a company that did books for the blind which are coded in Braille code. Yeah. And they're all white. Like, if you see them from afar, you see like they are like blank, but they're not yeah. blank. The, the dots are, they are not colored. They are white as well. Yeah. So they had a lot of problem explaining to everybody why their books were kind of blank to the eye, but they were actually full of information. And they thought that the best way of doing that was to paint a mural in their... Um, Inside of their um, industry, like um, of their fabric, that's no, not fabric of the well, their shop. Yeah. Yep. And, like. and yeah, that's what we did. So we painted. We went. We came up with the creative process of having a parent having his the hands of his child onto a blank book, and then with his imagination having all this. Uh, characters like birds with hats and, and stuff being on top of the book as if were, they were part of what the, he was reading. And, and that's our, our, the very first mural that we did. And, and from there on, everybody, like every company, brand, and, and who not, they saw the opportunity and, and the possibilities yeah. of actually using murals again and painting anything that they had in mind or with the help of an artist, with the help of a creative, with the help of an art director, to actually put that all into one image that could tell you a story, that could tell you more, that could create culture for your company. And that's how this ball started rolling. Wow. I love, first of all, you met Lourdes on your first day, June 1st, 2013, of doing the street art tour. So also meant to be. That's what I believe. Um, but then you use the word in real life, right? IRL, in real life, connection, humanity. And to make it real and to create this culture, it's not just about seeing these posts and these pictures online that um, there's an emotion to it. And I think you experience that emotion when you're with other people, you know, and it's a a different vibe. So I love that you use that word connection. Um, and I'm using the word humanity, because I think that's also a piece of creating culture, that while there's this amazing community you can create um, virtually, 
I think it has meaning. And then that emotion really comes through, which I think is part of culture. So that's awesome. And I was impressed too. And I, I want to show this because you shared this with me. And for those who've already stalked NRO on his Instagram, um, you know, one of the, the huge companies, although beautiful, and actually I saw my friend Laura posted that she just got chills. Dude, I've been getting chills every story that you've been telling, like all these things are meant to be. Um, but you were mentioning how a huge company, Walt Disney, you know, engage you to help them. And if you don't mind, I want to share with the group really quickly um, some of the posts from, I, I, uh, I'll just say Disney properties that y'all might recognize. So hold on a moment. Let's, let's take a look. Go ahead. And then I want to kind of cruise to this next one, other properties. All right. So we just showed a lot. I'd love for you to kind of jump into that first set of pictures, which I think everyone likely noticed. Star Wars. So how did that come all about? Why Why did that come about? Well, that was something I didn't see coming. Um, one day I just received a call. Uh, it turned out to be like an executive from Walt Disney Corporation in Mexico. And they say, we want to talk to you like really seriously. Uh, 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 come to our office. And at the first moment I was like scared, like, oh my God, what happened? <laughs> there is, uh, there's, I did something wrong. So I went there to the meet, <laughs> <laughs> and then they introduced me to the head of marketing, and, and he said like we 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 um we want to like relaunch Star Wars classic characters, and uh, think you are the proper like mean to do it. So what would you do to actually relaunch this uh, this whole whole thing, this whole universe? And I said, well, there's nothing more interesting in Mexico than Mexican humor. So we decided that the way to go was to actually make street art, uh, like in the style of stencils of any of the uh, original characters, but doing Mexican things. Yeah. So that, that was like the, the, the real bet because like the guys at Disney say, like the only thing you're not allowed to do is, like, to ridiculize any of the characters. But sure. if there's something Mexican, I mean, I think it's it's okay. I'm gonna so. play this again while you talk, so that people can see it. I think you can still hear us, yeah. Um, while you talk about this, so there's R2D2, like, projecting a game for children on the A floor. Scotch. I love that. That's so good. And then look at all the stormtroopers. Yeah, the stormtroopers. We we just uh, that was a little bit later, but yeah. And there's this um, C-3PO as an old metal scrapper. <laughs> <laughs> the Prince Leia, you can see me there with the with with my glove that I just painted it, and we put it there as a uh, like for parking to pay parking for <laughs> for for the shit. There's Luke. In a piñata store. I so love this. There is the ship uh, that has the shape of a pizza. And there's this ATAT, the size of a dog with an actual leash and a dog next to it. <laughs> That's awesome. Anyway, I think it's cool that you're able to show what cultural Mexican things are happening to the tune of Star Wars. You know, yeah. and then 
even with um, the other Disney properties, which I'll play again, and you can just talk about those really quickly. Like, how did those come about? Well, Alice so, in Wonderland, and from from there on, like the um, the first uh, project became like so so exciting that that they they loved this this, and we started doing stuff for Alice in Wonderland, for Coco, and uh, so many other projects as well. So so that was a, a great era. Yeah, there's also one more that you shared with um, actually a very Mexican character. Yes. Yeah. Oh, so now it's like a big anniversary of, of uh, Lucha Libre. And yes. we think this outside of Lucha Libre Stadium or Coliseum, whatever the name is. And we actually made it Mexican in the sense that we, uh, there's the, that, that mask in yeah. blue and yellow. It didn't exist back then. We... Uh, definitely made the research so that we were not insulting anybody by Darth Maul already taking their mask off. <laughs> so, That's hilarious. And we That's painted so that super huge mural. And that was a, like a, a all in kind of bet. And, and I'm glad it worked out. And now that we have this anniversary coming soon for Lucha Libre, since its beginnings, I'm gonna, it's still there and I'm gonna post it a lot. I think it's gonna get a lot of attention. And I think the guys at, at Disney, they really were um, visionaries in, in getting into this street art thing, like really soon, adopting it like early, very early. And giving me the chance to actually let my creativity flow and do all these projects that, that actually changed my life. And then many other companies started like coming in. I've done stuff for Ray-Ban, Xbox, Activision, uh, a lot of them, like even airlines, etc. So it's about how how you can use the power of street art to for, tell a story that's related to something. And that's always what I, I tell all the marketing directors. It's like the more authentic, the less of a commercial, like a, a publicity ad it is, the better it's going to flow because you don't have to like tell everybody like hey come buy my brand you yeah. just have to just re kindly remind them who you are and just do, let the artists do their thing and let their mind fly and they'll come up with something very very interesting and that's what we do at Satch Crew so this this is my group of painters artists and creatives and everything that I put together under my art direction to actually do all this kind of murals for anybody that actually uh, wants them and it doesn't have to be like big corporations uh, I've, I've done like for small businesses like restaurants uh, offices co-workings yeah. and even houses like people that they have the means they say like i want a piece of street art in my place in my yes. living room and i'm like yeah that's the, that's the kind of work i love the most i love it and i love too about um what you're saying especially with large corporations that whatever you do, that it's authentic and it's not um, disingenuous, I guess, but authentic to the culture that you're trying to root, root it in, tell stories to, et cetera. And I also want to point out, I won't play it again, but maybe we can play it at the very end when we, when we leave. But at the end of the, the beginning video, there's um, a video that shows just a bunch of people walking up to a piece of art that they all had a you know, that they all participated in. Um, and I also showed pictures that you shared with me of Frida Kahlo. And yeah. when I first met you, I remember you were telling me about the work you've done with companies to help bring their people together, communities to help bring people together through art. So say more about that. And what, what is that process like? Because that's also a part of how you've enabled and empowered others to create culture. So talk about that. Totally. Oh no, Hernaro. Hi. Sorry. Hi. No worries. Incoming call. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so, so um, that first video that you showed was uh, about like my art as a person, not not me as an art director, not me as like this uh, street art chilango kind of thing. Those are just my my personal artistic endeavors. So they all have to do with this Dalmatian that actually you can see one of them here. 
yeah. which is the very first one I painted in Berlin in 2012. And it changed my life ever since. So I've been painting that dog like more than a hundred times around the world, Indonesia, Barcelona, oh, wow. Germany, USA, in Wynwood. We went to paint the Wynwood uh, district a couple of times. That's where that Frida is. Oh, now. wow. Down in um, Florida, in yeah. Miami. Yeah, cool. I love that. I love that area. Uh, that's uh, that's a picture I have with Lourdes that's, that we painted that Frida in, uh, I think, 23rd Street with 1st Street in Wynwood. And it stood there for like four years, which is Amazing. like a record for Wynwood. Like they paint over your mural like two minutes after you finish it. And uh, so that's that's my personal kind of uh, take at being an artist. And I was kind of, after being all day with all kinds of artists and showcasing all of their artworks on, on my social, my website, etc. I kind of became like fed up of ego, you know, everybody, mm -hmm. like the most egoistic person. So <laughs> I decided why not create a piece of art that is not made just by one artist, but instead it's made out collectively. Yes. So, so I started like, um, thinking, how could that be done? So, so I started thinking, how about like when, when you lend out the spray can to anybody, like a passerby that's on the street, they will do whatever they want. They will not be like, uh, like coordinating uh, a piece of the art because that always ends up being like a horrible, like doodly kind of uh, thing. <laughs> And, and, and I hate that, actually, that, that specific kind of uh, imagery, aesthetics. So I said, like, there's, let's make a, a piece of art where even the person that is painting it, it if he does whatever he does, like, it doesn't matter. It, yeah. Whatever he did is just going to add up. So, so I started, like, thinking about, like, how can I do that? So I came up with this idea that if I painted the wall in black first, all black background mm -hmm. and then i designed an image in photoshop that i passed through a half tone filter in the shape of a stripe then half of the information of a half tone filter is gone immediately it's a digital filter yeah. and and then you could actually paste the opposite of that image in a vinyl uh, self-adherent vinyl to the wall also in, in the color of black so you will still have a black wall with just uh, black vinyl added to it but it just has the half of it so then I can invite people anybody to use the spray paint the spray can and start like painting whatever they want so I've actually done this in a couple of uh, of, of shows and uh, uh, live events that I've been hired to do this. And so everybody comes in, everybody loves doing spray can, and they do that for like five hours or whatever, like half of, like, yeah. for 80% of the time of the event. And everybody's like soaked because they use the spray can. And then when after that happened the whole wall will be in one just in a one like uh, all colorful uh, different colors but all painted and then people will say like well you know this is exactly the kind of thing that happens when you give people a spray can they'll, they'll end up like all doodly and all colored and, <laughs> and that's where 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 the, the the genius kicks in because then I invite every person that actually paints or any other passerby to kindly remove one of the stripes of the vinyl. Mm -hmm. So when everybody starts removing them, then uh, then we start like the, the actual final image starts to come alive. And when that happens, everybody's like, whoa, what did we just do together? So... So I love this kind of, um, of 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 way of doing murals, which is not me being the artist, but it's rather everybody collaborating together, 
that we actually create the piece together. And yeah, that's that's one of my styles that I do as a personal, uh, as an artist in person. And, and that's one, that's something that really fulfills me because it's not about ego. It's more about, it's all of us doing this together, which need a little bit of art direction. I, I love that. And actually, it's such a good metaphor for, you know, I'm a big believer in culture and needs to be co-created. It's not just about one person. Now, I also love the imagery of Frida Kahlo and how, you know, there's a very specific intent, I guess, or art direction that you've created, but then you've created a space where everyone uh, can feel free and um, inspired to contribute. That's so cool. Oh, wow. Yeah, we lost your audio for a little bit while you were walking. That's so cool. Thank you. And yeah, well, so I love Frida Kahlo, although a lot of people don't like her. And I think that although Mexican culture is great, sometimes it's quite divided because mm -hmm. a lot of people don't like whatever the other guy's doing. And everybody is kind of a hater. And so there are like very few things that actually like yeah, a group or unite Mexicans. Yeah. So one of them is the national team of soccer <laughs> when they're winning. The other one is uh, the, the Virgin Guadalupe. Mm -hmm. And so, and then from there on, like tacos is also like a great uh, yeah. uniter. <laughs> but from those off, that like, people start like whatever subject you say people are like no i don't like that guy i don't like this i don't like the other so that's why i've made a lot of pieces about frida because i think that she she's a great icon that kind of uh, unites all of mexico and um, i also get inspiration of her uh, because of of she being pack, part of the pack of the muralist that yeah. starts like 100 years ago and how they live their lives and, and that's that's something that's always inspired me and even though it's a little corny or cliche I, I still I still love all of her doings it's not cliche at all and I actually I love too that it was Frida once people expressed their art through the spray can and then pulled the strips off and it was very not ego and undoodly like <laughs> you're talking about being doodly I know that we um are coming to the top of the hour. And I know we've been talking all about culture and culture co-creation and living your passion. If you had one piece of advice for anyone listening and watching today on what they can do as soon as they are done listening to this, what they can be doing in their life to inspire culture in the way that you have. Well, one thing, one piece of advice that I follow myself and I try to follow even more and be more um, disciplined with it is to follow your ideas and actually do them, you know, just uh, try like put on a list, whatever you need for them to be done and just go and accomplish them. Yeah. And then when you have that whole thing going on, start showing it to your friends and family and open like some social uh, account and just start the ball rolling because that's how I have gotten to create things and that's my method of doing stuff. I, I, I never encourage anybody just to design everything to the last detail yeah. before. For me, it's just like start doing it right away, begin very small and start growing. So. And just don't just do the things, you know, don't leave them in uh, in your mind or, or in the sketch. Just just go ahead and do them. I love it. Do what you're dreaming about and share it with people. And it doesn't have to be perfect. I think it's a journey. And then yeah. because you're such a cool artist, I always love asking this question, too. What are you reading, listening, watching, wearing, eating? Like what is your favorite pop culture thing? Of course, besides art these days that you are super into? Well, um, I, I love playing chess, you know. Uh, chess? I, yeah, playing chess, like 
for 20 years, almost on a day-by-day basis. I love uh, ancient philosophers' life, Stoics, you know, all the Greeks. Um, I love, I'm reading a book about the death of Hypatia. Oh, wow. Greek philosopher uh, living in Alexandria and in the 400s. Uh, What else? I love dogs, and I'm starting this uh, project with friends called Saturday Dog Club, so that it's kind of the same as the street art tour that I created in Mexico, but this time it's not for street art, but to walk dogs with people and uh, just hang out and find people that are connecting to you and, and, you know, just get together with like-minded uh, persons and, and just go ahead do stuff like that uh, my favorite food is Peruvian and Mexican food uh, that would be like a top match between the, those two Yeah. And, well I love LA uh, I love spending time there too well I mean there's just so much to catch up on and actually for those of you based in LA um, we were just talking about these friends who you're doing work with with Saturday Dog Club um, stay tuned in the city and communities of LA as it relates to Saturday Dog Club and Hanaro showing up and helping bring that to life. So excited about that. Um, And you know what? I I wanted to mention this, but it's perfect now. I love that you identified Frida Kahlo. And when you and I scheduled this, I had no idea that would land on her birthday. Today is Frida Kahlo's birthday, born in 1907. I know she passed. She was young. She was in 1954. But today is actually the anniversary of her birthday. So wild that we are talking about it and talking about you and your journey on this day. Um, anyway, Hinaro, how can people find you? I know that they can, they've saw it in the pictures that we put up there, but give us uh, your Instagram, your website. How can people get a hold of you? Sure. Like, uh, I prefer to use my personal Instagram, which is Hinaro underscore visual craft okay uh, I, you can also follow all the work we're doing as a crew at satch crew all together also on instagram you can find the you can learn about the street art chilango project right on the website website streetartchilango.com you can also uh, learn about the tour that we have there that i failed to mention that we got like a, a prize from the government for promoting oh, wow we got uh, uh, uh article in the new york times what what to do in 34 out 36 hours in mexico city and so you can find all about that in streetartchilango.com and uh well yeah i think that's that's the way to go excellent well everyone we will make sure we post all of this in the show notes you can find henaro on instagram henaro underscore visual craft is kind of a first step and getting in touch with you personally. Um, Feliz cumpleaños, Frida Kahlo. Right? And um, oh my gosh, my heart and my thanks go out to you. Can't wait to see you and Lourdes again, likely in Los Angeles um, with potential future guests. We'll talk about Saturday Dog Club and um, happy Culture Cast, everyone. Make sure you catch this all. Uh, Culture Cast, either on LinkedIn, on my website. Um, you can catch it on Substack, YouTube, Twitter, and I know I've probably missed in all the all the podcasts out there. So you can see all of this again at your leisure at another time. And what I think I'm going to do, Hinaro, and our next culture cast is actually next Tuesday, the 11th, live with Jocelyn Herman Saccio, who is a master coach. And let's talk about how you can create versus react in your life and create a culture versus react to culture. So with that, I'm going to play us out with the video that we played in with so that people can see it. And um, we'll see everybody the next time. But let's play this. Okay. Ciao. Good to see you.